0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. When Christmas comes every year, we invariably see our focus and our minds and our hearts kind of shift all over the place past Christmases, past Christmases, past traditions, past time with family, lots of memories of Christmases long gone. The preoccupation with the present, the the worries, the the concerns, the the busyness of everything. Perhaps even Christmases of the future, those yet to come, what they will be like, who we will share them with, The famous Charles Dickens story, A Christmas Carol, tells, of course, the story of Ebenezer Scrooge and his visit at night by the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and yet to come. Scrooge, that crabby, grouchy, miserly, miserable old man who learns through the visit of those ghosts to look at the world in a different way. The idea that Christmas would span past, present, and future is found in our words from our epistle tonight from Titus chapter 2. St. Paul, as he writes to the pastor Titus, also sets the coming of Jesus Christ as something that is past, present, and future. And so indeed it is that the God who is without beginning and without end, who enters our humanity, I want you to consider tonight that's not just a quaint little story off in the past. I know manger scenes are usually pretty. There's a sentimentality attached to that story. I think twice. In my years of ministry, when my kids were littler, they were gifted toy manger scenes. And so we have this sort of Thomas Kincaid precious moment, sort of adorable picture of the little baby lying in a manger. There is something much more earthy, messy, carnal, happening at the birth of Jesus. So let's look for a moment at Christmas past. St. Paul says in Titus 2 verse 11, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Paul would remind us that the coming of this child born in Bethlehem born of a virgin named Mary, laid into a manger, is come to bring salvation. And need I remind you, dear Christians, that salvation is messy. It would have been messy from the get-go in that first Christmas past. There is nothing sentimental and quaint about childbirth. Indeed, The very beginning of Jesus' earthly life was marked by suffering and pain and agony as his mother delivered him into this world. We read he was wrapped in swaddling cloths to be laid into a manger because of the cold elements around him. He's surrounded by the animals in the manger, which you know what? Probably stunk. And he was born into a world where from the get-go, there were those who hated him and wanted him dead. And he ultimately would give his life. His mother's suffering and agony would one day be exchanged for his own suffering and his bleeding and his dying. Because the appearing of this Savior Jesus Christ, of God's grace, is for bringing salvation to all people. Training us, Paul writes, to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. This Christ who has appeared, God's grace and salvation for all people, has been done to train us To live now for this king, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, but now reigning from next to his father's throne on high at his father's right hand. This Jesus trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. To live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. You see, this world of suffering and pain and agony and bleeding and dying that Jesus was born to into the past is the same one in which you find yourselves in this present age, at this very moment. Is it not a world of suffering, of agony, of death? where we are indeed surrounded and indeed tempted by and often falling into ungodliness and worldly passions. And so this Jesus comes. He appears, the grace of God, salvation for all people, calling us, training us to renounce the ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. In other words, saved by the bleeding, the suffering, and the dying of this Savior, Jesus Christ, born in Christmas past, he calls us at this present Christmas, here and now, to live with the conviction and the assurance that God has indeed entered this world in Jesus Christ. That he is indeed the savior and ruler of all people. That he does indeed bring salvation. That he calls you to live according to the word of God. To renounce all wickedness and ungodliness and everything that would pull you away from God. And rather to live as though that Christ who came in the past is indeed living and dwelling among his people even now, even in the present. Paul then shifts our focus into the future. The grace of God has appeared in the past, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, when Paul talks about hope, That's a word we have to unpack a little bit here. Because hope is often a word we associate with being, well, it's kind of uncertain. It's like saying, I hope the Packers find a way to make it into the playoffs. Might happen, maybe not. It's uncertain. I hope 2024 is a nice, peaceful, quiet year, even though there's a presidential election. happen? Maybe not. No, when Paul speaks of hope here, he's talking about something that lies in the future, with which we look toward with anticipation. That anticipation, I think, is something we often associate with Christmas. Children do it all the time. We often have to do a little bit of battle as parents to make sure our kids don't think Christmas is all about the presents, all about the things they're going to get. But they do have that sense of anticipation. And that is indeed what you and I, as Christians, here in the present, looking on what Christ has done in the past by entering our world, we live with anticipation and hope for the future. That this same Jesus who came in Bethlehem in the past will come again. In the future, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Now, you've often heard it said, and it is indeed true, that Jesus is the greatest Christmas gift that there is. It is indeed true. He is your gift. He has appeared to bring salvation. He has redeemed you and me from lawlessness. I want to ask you to consider, I, this happened to me A few days ago, I was out doing some Christmas shopping. How many of you have ever gone Christmas shopping and you're buying gifts for other people and you come across something that you really want for yourself? Maybe you actually buy it. You're going to be getting gifts in a few days or whenever you celebrate Christmas. You get something for yourself. I want you to hear again St. Paul's words. At the end of our epistle from verse 14. This Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Jesus comes to purify for himself a people for his own Possession. Yes, it is indeed true that Jesus Christ has appeared in Bethlehem's manger to be your Savior with all the suffering and bleeding and dying that that entailed. To give you this salvation here, now, in the present. He gives this to you. It is your gift given freely by grace. But Jesus is also going to take something for Himself. He takes you, a people, for his own possession. You see, Jesus and the salvation, he brings in the past and gives to you in the present and manifests in the future. It is your greatest gift. And in the process... He takes you for himself, a people for his own possession. You see, be it past, present, or future, Jesus is your Savior, and you are his people. And that remains true in every age, in every moment, for all eternity. And so, dear people of God gathered here this evening, I encourage you to look upon the world and change your view And see Jesus and His coming among His people to be there for you and to take you for Himself as the thing that pervades every moment of time and history. Because be it past, present, or future, Jesus Christ remains Lord and Savior for you and by his salvation and his purifying work of shedding his blood for you that suffering bleeding and dying he did in the past today in the present he takes you for himself and you belong to him forevermore May this Jesus Christ come among us, fill you with that joy and hope for this Christmas and for all Christmases to come, and for the eternity he calls you into forever with him. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.